I'm going to say Donald Trump ran his closing argument, his campaign rallies were running on racism. And racism is America's original sin. Despite his many unholy flaws, Christian evangelicals are still standing behind President Donald Trump. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. that you gave us a president who has a vision to make America great again. Lord, I thank you that we have a president who is bold, courageous, and lion-hearted. The issue for me and for millions of evangelicals is his policies. He has become a champion of, of religious rights, of helping persecuted Christians. I believe Donald Trump is a, is a good man, and I believe he's president of the United States for a reason. I think God put him there. Millions of Christians were believing that the country was going in the wrong direction, and we prayed. We prayed, and yeah. God raised up a man that we didn't expect, but he has become our champion. Tonight, I pray that you would protect our president and his family with a shield of faith. Lord, against that jungle journalism that distorts the truth and distorts honesty and integrity every single day, gets in his face with lies and mistruths and innuendos, Lord, protect him. White evangelicals were asked in a survey earlier this year what they think of President Trump. 75% of them had good things to say. That's not far off the 81% of white evangelicals who voted for him back in 2016. But why, after all the controversial things he's said and done, things that seem to contradict the values of Christianity, do they still support him as much as they do? To find out more, we called up two guys for a kitchen table-style discussion over the phone. Jim Wallace is the former spiritual advisor to President George W. Bush. When you accept Christ as a savior, it changes your heart, it changes your life. And President Barack Obama. The story that the Bible tells about God creating this magnificent earth uh, on which we live, that is essentially true. That is fundamentally true. And Tony Beam is a Southern Baptist evangelical pastor and host of a radio show called Christian Worldview Now with Tony and Hannah. Tony, what's the deal with this deep-seated connection between religion and politics in America? Because I, I can tell you, as a Canadian, we don't have that same relationship between religion and politics here in Canada. I, I think in the United States, we come from a very robust tradition of a Christian heritage, of Christians being vocal. When a Christian steps out of the church and steps into the public arena to speak about social issues, that just so happens that some of those social issues are also political issues, issues such as the right to life, issues of same-sex marriage and gender identity and, and immigration and justice, social justice, all of these things that Christians have an opinion about are also being debated in the political arena. So Christians step into that arena as believers, and they express their opinion by voting, 
but also letting their elected officials know how they feel about these issues that happen to be crossed somewhat between being social issues in the political arena and moral issues that are addressed by the Scripture and by the Church. I, I believe in the separation of church and state, which uh, many people, most people in this country do, and you would feel in Canada too, I think. I don't believe in the segregation of moral values from public life. The big difference in those two. Jesus says, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked, I was a stranger, that means immigrant, refugee. I was sick, I was in prison, and you weren't there for me. And then he says, as you've done to the least of these, the vulnerable, the poor, you've done to me. So the test, there's a biblical test of morality for rulers, kings, princes, as this. It's how we treat the most vulnerable among us. That's the biblical test of politics. And so that's what we should be always talking about. Who's vulnerable? And how are they doing? And how are we protecting them, both globally and in our country? So to me, that's exercising uh, the lordship of Christ in politics. And do you think that a figure then like President Donald Trump abides by that? No, Donald Trump ran on racism. He ran on attacking immigrants and refugees. And he ran on being really the father of lies about a caravan coming north. He made a caravan the issue around the world. That's a direct affront to the gospel. Refugees, immigrants should not be attacked, but should be welcomed and cared for. So I'm going to say Donald Trump ran his closing argument, his campaign rallies were running on racism. And racism is America's original sin, our original sin. And Donald Trump was running on America's original sin in this election. I would strongly disagree with that. We come, sure you do. Um, Jim and I come from the same tradition in terms of our faith in Jesus Christ, and we, we would come at it, I would imagine, from a little bit different perspective. There are many things about President Trump that make me uncomfortable, and therefore I was not and have not been a huge drumbeater for him. I, I would not say that or characterize him as a racist who used racist techniques to attack people who are immigrants or who have been displaced. I, I would say that he is a person who abides by and believes in, as a country, we have to have the rule of law when it comes to people who come to America. And I believe that we should welcome people when we have a process that makes sense for bringing those people into the country. I absolutely believe we should treat them with the grace and the dignity that Jesus Christ has called us to extend to all people according to the Scripture. But I think we have to do that in an orderly fashion, and we have to be honest that not everybody who wants to come to America wants to come here for a good reason, and in fact, some would like to come here to do us harm. And I don't think it is racist to ask, a question, ask questions as to who's entering the country and have a logical system for that. Of course it's not, Tony, but that's not what he did. You and I believe that there ought to be an orderly process for immigration. I totally agree. He calls uh, immigrants rapists and criminals. He did that in his opening campaign address. And this caravan, 
he lied about this caravan. It's full of drug dealers and diseases and leprosy. These are lies, and we all know their lies. And to care I don't believe I don't believe that, Jim. I think that's a mischaracterization of what he said. I think that he pointed out that there were elements within the caravan that were not desirable. And I think when we have an orderly system of immigration and we follow the rule of law, we can sort through that as people arrive at the border. That's not fair. The facts are the facts. Uh, there is no evidence of what he was saying about this caravan. That just there is true. evidence, Jim. You just don't want to see it. There's evidence no, I that do people see in the I caravan are coming to the United it's States separate. for the wrong purpose. I simply want people to come to America and be treated with absolute respect and assimilated into this country in a way that makes sense. His base does not want that. He says he's a nationalist. This election was a referendum on white nationalism. That's very strong in the That is completely false, white Jim, and you know it. It white has nothing to do with color or, or white it nationalism or, white or, or racism. It, it just does not. That is not what the President of the United States means when he speaks of being a nationalist. It's the same thing that he since and said since day one. It means that he believes that in America first as a nation, not based on race or anything like that. Tony, I have a question for you. And perhaps sure. now this is a good time to, to confess to both of you that I wasn't raised in a particularly religious household. Could you explain to me then what defines a good Christian? Well, I think a good Christian is someone who has seen that they need to repent of their sin, that they've been broken over their rebellion before a holy God, that they have confessed their sin and invited Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to come to the Father, into their heart as their Savior. And then the Holy Spirit begins to work inside that person's life through, as they read and understand the Word of God, and as they go, that they go out and do their best every day to submit themselves to the teaching of God's Word and to live that word out in the community in a way that brings God glory and is a, is a good representation of who Jesus is and calls us to be as his followers. So not so much someone who has never done wrong in their life, but someone who well, admits not. the wrong My that wife, they've done. Listen, I came to Christ in 1984. I was 25 years old. I'm well aware of the sin in my own life. And I am thankful that God is merciful and allows me, through Jesus Christ, and the fact that I've been forgiven by what Christ has done for me on the cross, that I'm able to pray and ask for forgiveness and receive it from a holy God. And it's the only way that I could stand before a holy God. Can I say that I agree with Tony's uh, narrative about what it means to be a Christian? I want your listeners to understand this. The people in America who believe... Everything Tony just said are totally divided on racial lines. It's interesting that you both agree on the definition of what a good Christian is or a good Christian should be. But it seems like you disagree on which actions of Donald Trump's cross that line into being a bad Christian or a not religious person at all. Well, Tony, you would, I think you would... Uh, Trust your heart on some of these things. We've talked. But I was in Ebenezer Baptist Church, Dr. King's home church in Atlanta, for a prayer rally on Monday night before the election. 
And that entire crowd of black Christians would have believed in their hearts and their experience that Donald Trump is running on racism. That as Lincoln, Lincoln, a Republican, appealed to us to appeal to our leaders, to appeal to our better angels, that Donald Trump appeals to our worst demons. And our demons of race are right below the surface in white churches all across this country. And those black Christians feel completely unsupported by their white Christian brothers and sisters. That's where we are right now in America. Well, racial I, divide I disagree with that great. characterization. I would just say this. The ERLC of the Southern Baptist Convention had an amazing event. And all of the messages that we heard were messages of unity within the church. I think a lot of African Americans have believed the what they hear in the media because the president is consistently attacked from the left by progressives, and he is called and characterized over and over again as a racist. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. You also had people that were very fine people on both sides. President Trump deriding immigrants from Haiti and some nations in Africa, asking a group of lawmakers, why are we having all these people from shithole countries come here? I am the least racist person that you have ever met. I am the least racist person. Look, don't get me wrong. The president has plenty of faults, and I, I point them out regularly on my show. I wish the way that he communicated would change. I, it really disturbs me. But at the same time, I don't think it's fair to characterize him as a racist over and over, which that totally. narrative gets translated into the larger community and is believed totally. by a please, lot of people, unfortunately. Please, please respect the black Southern Baptists in your church and around the country, in your denomination, who do not need the left-wing media, as you call them, to convince them Donald Trump is a racist. They hear him themselves. They watch him themselves. They hear how he talks about refugees from asshole countries of color around the world. They, they are leaving white churches because they feel they've been betrayed by their white brothers and sisters. If black Southern Baptists were just the ones voting in this country, Donald Trump would have no chance of winning. Coming up later in this episode. At the White House last night, and I and President Trump and his family for almost 18 years. We speak with President Donald Trump's spiritual advisor. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast. To subscribe to the podcast, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite podcast now. Let me ask you guys, how do people qualify Trump as worthy of their support? You know, I imagine a set of scales. On the one side is all of the offensive and immoral things that he said and done. The sins like greed, the adultery, belittling his political opponents, the lying, you know, the list goes on. Then on the other side of the scale is his stance on abortion, and the simple fact that he's a Republican. It seems to me very strange that all of those things are vastly outweighed by the latter two. 
in the minds of Christian voters. Many of us feel politically homeless these days, to make that clear. I can't speak for all Christian voters, and I'll just be up front and tell you that I did not vote for Donald Trump for president. I voted in every election since I was 18 years old, and I voted a third-party candidate for the first time in my life because I could not reconcile what I believe was the character of Donald Trump to the person that I could vote for for president. Since then, I have tried my best to be fair in my characterizations of him. When he does things that I think are good and right, I point them out. When he does things that I think, as Jim brought up, his comment about these countries that he made was despicable and indefensible and something that I deeply regret has entered into the public discourse politically in this country. But I don't believe he's the devil with the blue dress on. I don't believe that everything that he stands for is evil, and I think he's mischaracterized by many who would like to undermine him because he's a pretty easy guy to mischaracterize because of how bombastic and how out there he is with a lot of his comments. I don't think he's mischaracterized at all. And I think it's time for white Christians to call him out, because I don't know that Donald Trump believes in anything but himself. And so it's it's critical that white Christians stand with their black and brown and Asian-American brothers and sisters in solidarity when they feel like they're being assaulted. Jim, my final question is going to be for you. And I'm going to ask you this question because I'm going to be speaking with Trump's spiritual advisor. Of course, you were the former spiritual advisor to President Bush and to President Obama. So on your behalf, if if there's one question that you would like me to ask to Trump's spiritual advisor, what would that be? Well, ask him what he believes. Does he believe that America's original sin is racism? What we did to slaves and indigenous people If that's our original sin, how do we repent of that sin? And how do we not tempt that original sin by being open to the kind of of racial fear and hatred and violence that is afoot in this country? How can that be a central issue for Christians, and how can he speak that the president of the United States. Tony and Jim, thank you guys so much for having this conversation today. I really appreciate both of your perspectives. Thanks. Thank you very much, Jim. Good to to talk to you again. We should talk offline soon. I have a cup of coffee. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Hello, Nikki speaking. Hi, Nikki. It's Paula White. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for calling, Paula. Of course. Sorry, I just got off the plane in the car, so... Where have you been traveling to? Oh, I was up in D.C. last night, and I had the absolute privilege of uh, being at the White House last night, and I, of course, known President Trump and his family for almost 18 years. Hello, this is Pastor Paula White Kane of New Destiny Christian Center. I also serve as spiritual advisor to President Trump of the United States of America. Paula, thank you so much for, for chatting with me. I, I think it's going to be really interesting to, to ask you some questions from the perspective of a Canadian, because there's lots of things that are happening in the United States right now that it's hard for us to fully understand. I think it's hard for people in America 
enough to understand what's going on. You've known Trump for for a really long time, and you know you've helped him, I, I suppose, navigate his way through Christianity. But it seems as though time and time again, he has committed so many, dare I say, sins. How do you help him rectify his Christianity with all of the sins that he's committed? Have we not all committed sins? Is that not what our Savior came for, to bring redemption and to offer us a chance of repentance and a chance of grace and a continual growth process. And I I think it's really interesting how judgmental, I mean, it reminds me, God gets down in the dirty places of our life as we allow him to, and it does a transformative process. From my perspective, I, I wish that the world knew the man that I know and the family that I know. It seems like a key factor in in moving forward with one's one's faith and, and one's Christianity is admitting the sin that, that you've committed. Has Trump ever admitted his sin to you and really seemed you know, humbled and ashamed by doing things that are wrong? Well, first off, that's a, that's a pastoral question that is very private that I would say it'd be like, you know, Nikki, if I were your pastor and you came to me and said, Pastor Paul, this is, this is my errors and my ways and then an interviewer said, tell me all about Nikki. <laughs> Every, you know, she repented of their sin. But I can tell you this 100% from an absolute biblical standpoint, it is universal among all Christians of repentance, of I changed my mind, I changed my direction, I received forgiveness, received the grace of God, I recognize uh, my sin, and I ask forgiveness 100%. 100%. Does he speak the language of a, a pastor or, you know, someone who is very well-versed in um, scriptural and doctrinal stuff? No, that, that, that's not his lane. It seems as though from an outsider's perspective that he takes a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do approach to Christianity. No, I, I would disagree with that completely. You can't look at a, a person from the lens of a very somewhat biased or unfair or ratings, maybe fake news, and go, this is how I judge his faith. Um, let's look at his children. Let's look at you know many aspects of his life. Let's look at his policy. I, I could sit here with you for hours. I know we don't have it, but tell you story after story after story of um, his generosity, his faith, his mindset. Does that mean that he is without sin and, you know, mistake-free? Absolutely not. Paula, before I let you go, I want to ask you a question on someone else's behalf. I spoke to Jim Wallace. Now, he can relate to the position that you're in because he's the former spiritual advisor to Presidents Bush and Trump. And he wanted me to ask you about what he says is America's original sin, and that's racism. He said, how do we not tempt that sin when currently so many people seem eager to fan the flames of racism? First off, our president's not a racist. I happen to pastor a very mixed 
multi-congregation, not just in 2018. There is a lot of racial tension in our nation. There's a lot of division in our nation. And whether that division is caused through ethnicity or ideology or beliefs, etc., we are one United States under God. And we have got to begin to find ways of healing. I would ask Canadians, Nikki, you and everyone else to pray for us here in America. Hey, Paula, thanks so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nikki. It's my honor. Anytime I can, just let me know. President Trump's strongest base is still evangelical Christians. However, support is subsiding in one category, white Christian women. From 2017 to 2018, his support in that category fell 13%, about five points higher than the average amongst all women. Christians may be torn, and they may be divided. However, after what we saw in the midterm elections, tight races across the board and Republicans maintaining a stronghold on the Senate, it doesn't look like Trump is at risk of losing the support of his evangelical base anytime soon. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer, with help from Alan Regan. It's a national radio show and podcast. You can download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. Give us a rating and a review. Tell your friends about the show, too. We're on Twitter, at This Is Why, or you can send us an email, This Is Why at CuriousCast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.